finally, you can build your business on your terms without high pressure sales tactics. Here's our big idea. When you build more relationships, you have more leads, more leverage, and more life. So if you love people and want to sell more by serving, then this podcast is for you. It's time to step off the hamster wheel of cold conversations and join us in the new world of relational sales, a world of convenience, comfort, and ease. Through conversations with guests and short teaching episodes, you'll understand what motivates people to choose you and be inspired to create the kinds of sales opportunities that close at 91%. Are you ready to be completely free of the grind that most salespeople experience every single day? Let's get into it and start surfing. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Serving Not Selling. I got my incredible co-host here, Tyler Wilson, who's making me laugh already because I am going to attempt to do the voice of our amazing guest today, which you'll get to hear from him soon. Uh, His voice is deep and awesome. Uh, That was terrible. I'll do better. Uh, But Tyler, man, before we jump in, buddy, uh, we are recording this the day after Memorial Day. So, uh, dude, I heard you had some crazy stuff going on this weekend. You were attempting to do 24 and 24. What does that mean? Tell us. What Oof, that man, you had to bring it in. So uh, every Memorial it? Day weekend, I'm trying to forget already. Um, know, <laughs> every Memorial Day weekend, my my father-in-law, my brother-in-law are big CrossFitters. Um, and CrossFit does a fantastic job of you know working with military, honoring veterans, and is very intentional about that. They design a lot of workouts that are called Hero Wads, named after um, folks who have passed. Um, um, have fallen in a line of service. And so, um, their gym in PA does 24 workouts in 24 hours. And these are not like easy little workouts. They're these hero workouts that every hour on the hour, you start wanting, try to go through all 24. Now the intention is you're never going to make it through, but at the start of the top of the hour, we read a bio on the name of the workout and honor that fallen soldier. It's pretty, pretty cool. Like way to come together around a, a pretty cool cause. So I made it through 11. Um, and Amazing. it was, yeah, I'm still recovering, still recovering, but it was <laughs> good time. Good time. That's great though. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly super impressed that you did that. I was telling Tyler before the show that, uh, so my wife and I worked out really hard today, really hard yesterday, but I'm hurting today because my three-year-old decided it'd be fun to jump off the couch and land on daddy's rib. So <laughs> I'm a little bit hurting from that, but I'm just impressed that you would even take that on and be like 24 and 24. Like, definitely not. I barely even want to work out for like an hour. Yeah, so right. I'm proud of you, dude. I'm, seriously, I'm proud of you for doing uh-huh. that, but well, thanks for coming back to us in one piece, my friend. Why don't we jump into this? Give me a fun interest. I guess it doesn't have to be fun. Give me an interesting fact. What you got for me today? Well, I had one. And then when Matt jumped on and, you know, he's just so majestic in every way, but I wanted to say, wow, that's a first ever. (laughs) (laughs) Matt has the best gear of any agent. I know I want a hat. Like I will rock that hat. He's got the best business cards I've ever held. I was telling Garrett there, like I use them as a paperweight for every other (laughs) stack of cards I have. And yeah, it just is right on brand. Like that top notch. Love it, man. That's impressive. That's That's the hats are sitting right here. I can get one in the mail to you tomorrow. They're sitting in my office. Then send one to me too. (laughs) Okay. So I I think that's an interest sort. That's interesting. It's not an interesting fact, but it is interesting. I mean, you know, don't undercut me. Okay, here's mine. It, <laughs> mine is very different. Did you know that a snail? Now I feel stupid saying this. 
Did you did you know that a snail can sleep for three years straight? <laughs> That's amazing. It's also called it, dying. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Why would you, you want to do that? No, listen. Next time you meet a snail, don't be rude. He might have just gotten up from a three-year nap. Okay, <laughs> so just be. <laughs> don't pour salt on him. The guy was trying to avoid it. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. buddy, oh. Uh, went in a different direction. Wow. <laughs> Matt, do you have an interesting fact? Mine, mine, more personal. Um, it's just a what first came to me was uh, for I'm a diehard New York Met fan. Diehard New York Met fan. Interesting. They made it now, to the Tyler World Series. The they made it to the World Series a couple of years ago. I got on a plane, flew up, went to Game Three, got on the plane the next morning, flew home. Luckily, that was the only game they won, but I was there. So yeah, that's and awesome. if they make it again, I will be there again this year, and hopefully they that's won. cool. Oh. That's really cool. That is interesting. I don't know many people that like the Mets, but well, they're. They are doing it, man. They got the best one-two punch in the league if they can get him healthy. Lindor is probably my favorite, one of my favorite players I ever played against. Um, that's it's a good time. If there's ever a good time to be a Met fan, it's now, my friends. <laughs> you know what? Normally, right now we're saying, well, there's always next year. So this year we're still on this year. So that's good. We have an opportunity. That's we have a impressive. Still. That's impressive. Well, uh, that went a different direction than normal. So let's jump in on the episode. Let me introduce Matt Myatt to you. I can't even do it. I can't sound that awesome. But Matt Myatt is with us today. We are genuinely excited. He's got over 18 years of experience. He's also an owner of Keller Williams Outer Banks. He's sold over $460 million worth of real estate in 850 plus Outer Banks properties. What's really interesting about his market, he's very much a second home vacation home market, a ton of experience. He's originally from Ridgewood, New Jersey. He and his family actually used to vacation in the Outer Banks for 10 years before they finally purchased a home. He's interacted with people from all over the country and has a lot of different experience selling real estate to people that sometimes he doesn't even see in person, which I think is really cool and unique. He's got a really great story, really great experience, someone that I've come to know and respect and admire. So we're really excited that Matt, I want to do the voice again. I can't. Uh, Matt is... Yeah, well, no, I, I can't. It's just not going to happen, buddy. But well, Matt, so real quickly, man, when um when you meet people and they ask you, what do you do? What do you tell them? I mean, the first it, it first thing we always talk about is real estate. But really what I do now is what the way that I like to look at it is I help people change their lives by, by my growth, by what I've done over the years. One of my most exciting things now is watching my agents at work for my team succeed and thrive mm-hmm. and, and change what they're able to be doing. Actually, one of my buyer's agents messaged me last week that his wife who has been teaching for oh probably eight years just put in a resignation she's done next year mm-hmm. she's not going That's back awesome. to teaching she's going to stay home with the boys help the boys out do all that um so i i love the answer that we gave at the mastermind garrett um the definition of what we do i just can't remember it right now i was going to drop that back on you but i <laughs> i just I, I didn't have it in front of me <laughs> that's great i attract support and empower outrageously high talent and integrity. So yeah, right. You have shifted your business from making money, building a business to building a legacy. And I love that. And that's one of the things I respect about you. You're still crushing it and, uh, and helping your team crush it. For the record, we're all for people teaching, but the fact that 
the wife has the opportunity to choose what she wants to do because Absolutely. you've helped her husband. I mean, that's, that's an incredible thing. So, well, before we jumped in, we were talking about you and talk about your business, of course, but you, you said that if you were giving a talk, it would be, you know, how to fail your way forward essentially. Right. So, so tell us quickly, I mean, and one of the things I think is really interesting is you said you just learned a lot from your mistakes and the things that you've done wrong and figuring out along the way. So what's, if you can highlight, what's one of the biggest mistakes you've ever made and something that you learned through it that we could take away <laughs> launching a market center while growing a team at the same exact time that was probably one of the hardest things we ever did and luckily we had someone you know a super strong partner keith hinton and then my business partner basically 20 years sarah spencer um the three of us were in it together but without keith spencer and i would look at each other daily and really just be like what 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 we don't we don't know how to launch a market center we don't know what we're doing um, and at that same time, while putting all of our effort into that, I was growing from a solo agent, hired my first admin, hired my second admin, then started bringing on buyer's agents. So that was a a lot of struggles. It was three years of hard times of getting through it. But looking back on it, it, it worked. Um, mm. And I can't really put my finger on one thing that I failed majorly on. I think it was more or less a lot of small things mm. that ultimately taught me where I needed to be. But again, what I've realized in this business is if you have support, if you have people around you to help you and you're willing to ask for help, you will get through it. Now, that's really good right there. I mean, so so tell us real quickly, too. You were talking about how your your partner, essentially, Sarah Spencer, said, hey, you need to bring this person with you. You hired her as an admin. It's been six years and she's made a huge difference. So talk about that. Yeah, I mean, she. Uh, I was at a local brokerage for 15 years before we moved our businesses to Keller. Um, and at that time, we basically took our entire office with us when we left from Village Realty, which was an amazing company to work for, um, and went to Keller. So we took our broker in charge, myself and Sarah, um, I can't believe I just call her Sarah, myself and Spencer, um, and then Amber, who is now on Spencer's team, and a couple other people came over. Um, and then, of course, our office admin was Terry. Um, she came over and Sarah Spencer basically said, you take Terry. She knows how to work. She knows you're there, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we kind of shared Terry for a couple, couple, six months or so. Um, and then she came over and basically has taken over my business. Um, I couldn't do it without her. Um, she knows more about the business inside and out than I do. Um, it's actually funny because she'll call me and ask me things. And I'm like, what? I don't know what you're speaking of. But she does, and she's on it. So um, it's absolutely changed my life. The admin was by far the best hire I've ever made. And it wasn't even really my hire. It was luck. And I didn't do it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm, you just spoke into kind of a lot of different names, a lot of different people that you have on your team as you've grown from solo into leading a team, launching a market center, a lot of moving pieces there. And in the same mindset or the same breath, kind of talking about failing well. So, my question is kind of as a leader, you're somebody who's, you're, you're creating culture, you're establishing a new market center, you're growing something out of what has been your nucleus of, of you and, and your small team. How do you, what is your mindset towards failure? What is your mindset toward in, in the failure that comes with growth? Like, how, how do you teach your team how to fail well? Like, how, how do you lead well through failures um, even when, you know, most people would say like, I don't, I don't want my team to see me fail. Like I'm supposed to be leading the ship. Like what is your mindset towards failure as a leader on people coming onto your team? Uh, 
I think if the leader's not willing to fail, then the whole company is going to fail. I mean, I, I'm the first person to admit when I failed on my team, and I don't mind failing. Hey, guys, I did this wrong, or we did this wrong, or I'm not happy with this. Um, but vulnerability in that makes all the difference to me. And I think out of that, if your people see that you're being genuine and transparent, um, they are going to gravitate to you and work harder for you. Um, I mean, I've yet to have anyone leave my team. They're all still there. Every person I've brought on is still with me. Um, of course, that's because of our results, but that's also because of the culture of our team and what we do. Um, and we have fun, you know? I mean, I, I think that's another super, super important thing is to have fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if I'm not willing to fail, how are they ever going to go out and try something that they're not normally going to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Did that hit on that? Was that, was that good? I mean, does that answer that question? Yeah, I think, I think it nails it. I mean, and I think it speaks to the fact that going back to what you and G were just talking about to attract, attract, empower, support, outrageously high talent and integrity. I mean, there's a, there's, there's, there's components to this leading through failure, being open and vulnerable about failure, cultivating trust. I mean, those are a lot of different prongs that we talk about, but your answer to the question and the fact that your team has grown to the magnitude that it is right now while keeping people in their place and allowing them to grow and thrive and embrace failure because nobody's ever going to grow without that pruning, I think just speaks to you like walking it out and acting it out. So that, that that's a great answer, man. I love to, you know, what I was going to say, Matt, is, you know, right off the bat, the, the reality of you said, if you are just willing to ask for people for help, like you'll succeed, you'll get through it, you know, and one of the things I've always appreciated and respect about you too is the reality of uh, you have sold a ton of real estate. You could easily come across as a big, tough, mean, you know, rough guy around the edges, but you and you kind of are maybe, but uh, but you have a lot of humility and you're willing to seek help. And and I think again, just just one of the struggles that we talk about a lot in the show is I think a lot of people don't succeed in our industry because they have too much ego. They they don't want to make it about anyone but themselves, and that's just a recipe for failure at the end of the day, you know, you like Tyler said, you mentioned multiple people that have made a big difference. How important have relationships been for you in growing your, and I'm talking about people that you're in relationship with in business. How important have those relationships been in getting to you, getting you to where you are today? One thing I wanted to touch on real quick with the ego, which this, this stood out to me when we were in, where was I? Um, Orlando for mega camp or family reunion. Um, I was in the Gary Keller mastermind and he said, Gary knows how to read a room and he knows the people that were in this room. He said, I don't need to be talking to you guys about lead gen. You all know how to lead gen. That's why you're here. He said, but everyone in this room can take over the world. Are you willing to get out of your own way to do so? And that's the ego part that mm-hmm. I, I believe is really does stop people. I mean, I joke that <laughs> in a lot of cases, I over the years, you know, real estate agents, all they like, you know, a lot of people like to talk about themselves all the time and the, who cares, you know, it is what it is. Um, but for me, relationships are the most important thing you know we have. Literally, I'm going to keep talking on these people again because they've been in my sphere and my world for you know Keith's one of the newer ones, but Spencer hired me out of real estate school. Um, so I've known her for years. She has become one of my best friends. And if I need something, I can call her at any time, business, personal, whatever. And Keith is that person also. Um, I have a great coach and Ashley Lunn. Um, Ashley helps me out. So yeah, relationships and being able to knock ideas off of different people makes all the difference in my world. Because I, as you can probably guess, I do things in business different than a lot of other people's. 
Um, the way that I present something to a client is completely different than someone else, but it works for me because of my personality. Um, so hearing other ways, I mean, there's not, you know, what is it? Reinvent the wheel. I mean, I don't need to do that, but I can listen the way other people are doing it. Um, and kind of get better ideas to move forward and figure out how to handle things, um, in a better way, because my personality is completely different than other people's. It's really interesting too. I was rambling. Sorry. No, no, that was good. No, no, it's very good. It's really interesting because you know, hearing you talk so much about relationships, knowing like we talked about beforehand, but so much of your business certainly is repeat and referral, but also a lot of postcards around just listed, just sold. Most of you, I think you said 80, 90% of your clients don't live where they're buying or selling a home. And so you don't have real relationship in terms of face-to-face. You're not meeting them. It's not a typical referral, but how important relationships are. You know, so many people think it's counter. Well, you can't do that kind of lead gen and be relational. Well, yeah, you can. We talk about relational prospecting all the time. Like at the end of the day, no one's going to buy from you or work with you or choose you to sell their home unless they have trust in you. So I'm curious, Matt, with, with how you guys have had to generate business with being a second home vacation home market, how do you incorporate relationships and why do you think clients are choosing to work with you and your team at such a high rate? I think one of the biggest relationships that I've worked on over the years, agent to agent relationship, because I know that people like you guys or whoever, you know, if I have a, if I, there's somebody who owns a house in Corral that lives in New Jersey, they have an agent back home. Most likely their agent is probably their friend because those relationships are so much tighter than I am. So they're going to ask their friend, Hey, do you happen to know somebody in the Outer Banks? So if I have a relationship with either that agent or that agent knows somebody that I have a relationship with that I'm working to grow, working to gain trust in, um, that's where that referral business comes from. So it's more for me, the agent to agent relationship, because, you know, the person that lives at 980 Wellhead Drive doesn't know the person that lives at 988 typically, because they're normally not there at the same time. Um, And then the other relationship I have is with my printer um, and the postcard machine, Um, (laughs) because we're sending them out. I mean, I've walked into listing appointments before where they basically have kept my postcards for the last 15 years. And they show me three stacks. Mine's this tall. The next people are shorter. The next people are shorter. And they said, you know why you're here? I said, no. They said, well, it's about time you recoup your investment of these postcards you've been sending me. Let's go ahead and get the house sold. So, um, but again, you know, and then ultimately we build relationships here too. We do do some year round business. Um, and then the relationships with our clients when they have other friends that also want to buy in the area. So the follow-up, it doesn't matter if it's a second home market, a primary market, the business is still the same. It's service, exceeding expectations, and just answering the phone or whatever when the people need you to be there is really what it boils down to. Hey agents, are you a person of faith and you've always wanted a real estate conference just for you? Well, we have launched the Faithful Agent Real Estate Conference. With world-class teaching, world-class business coaching, and world-class fellowship, we would love to see you there. Come grow your business and your faith with us. Just go to faithfulagent.com. We'll see you there. Yeah, that's really good. That's super interesting too, because you know the assumption would be, again, you do a lot of postcard work. The assumption would be like, well, your business is very different than my business because we're hundred percent referral. And it's like, well, the way we get in the door is different, but ultimately mm-hmm. why they choose us is, is essentially the same, you know, the way that we win business. So role play it for me, or not necessarily, but walk us through, you know, you're sending out postcards and someone gives you a call, say, Hey, uh, you know, Matt, I got your postcard. I'm thinking about selling my home. At the end of that conversation, why are they choosing you? 
right? Obviously you're explaining who you are, what you do, but like how much of the relationship is important or is it really just the consistency of the action that you've taken with the postcards over and over and over again? Or both. I think it's a I think it's a blend of both, but I also think it's the service that we offer. So basically when someone calls, I'll have the 15 minute initial conversation with them. And what does everybody want to know when they first call? They want to know, can you sell their house? What's it worth? And usually how much are you going to charge? Well, I try to keep the charge conversation out because I don't like to talk about that, especially on the initial phone call. So I'll tell them we'll talk about that later. Um, and then ultimately it is a lot of agents don't, in my opinion, in some second home markets, don't go to the extra step. The extra step that we do is we always go look at a house. We will always physically step foot in a house before pricing it. Sure, I can look at the rental sheets and I can go online and I can see, you know, this is a vacation rental. I can see the pictures and I can try to get a good idea. But I want to I want to be able to step foot in that house and know. And I'm going to go as soon as possible. I'm either going to go that afternoon if it's not rented or the next day or I'm going to go Saturday. And then we're going to follow up with another phone call. And then we're going to follow up with um, an actual CMA that we will email them so they can look at something hard. And then we'll get them our marketing plan and all that. Um, and it's just... I think ultimately what what it comes down to is sounds weird, but people want to feel comfortable with a person that they don't know. And in my business, that's really what I'm dealing with. And my what I've sold in the past absolutely helps out, too. I mean, I can happily easily say I'm the number one broker in Kerala. I have been for the last 15 years. So that gives me credit when I'm calling these people. That's my mm -hmm. I don't put a call to action on my postcards. I just put some sort of banner to catch their attention. And the Corolla postcard works the best because it says right on the top, Corolla's number one broker. And actually it says Corolla's number one top producing broker. Sorry. And it's the same postcard every single time. So people get used to it and they know it when it comes. They're like, oh, this is from that guy again. Oh, this is from that guy again. Um, so again, it's just consistency with that also. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a weird, it, it's kind of a little bit different because I'm seriously not sitting down with most of these people. It's a phone conversation. So I have to sound, again, genuine, and I have to be able to gain their trust in 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, call me naive for, for thinking this, but I I would have just assumed, not knowing what, like, how, how could you possibly price my house well without having never stepped foot in the door? Like, and so I think that, one shows your awareness to your one, your commitment, first of all, to, to your client, you know, that you're going to give them the best possible experience. Um, and that shows you're taking it. You've identified something that you can do differently that the rest of your competitors or peers are not doing. It's a step that they've intentionally decided to forego, whether it's to leverage their time more or because they feel like they've mastered a different process, whatever it is, but you've identified a path to like, I do it differently. And this is part of what makes me the number one top producing agent in Kerala. My question for you is, is how did you, how'd you identify like what was going to make you different and set you apart from everybody? Um, and, and was it like out of a serving mindset that you're like, I'm going to give them the best possible experience, which led to this, or was it, the approach that what can I do to separate myself from the people around me and do it differently so that I am the number one producing agent? I think it boils back to drive. Um, I think some people have it and some people don't. Um, I think in this business, you need to be a self-starter, self-motivator. Um, and, and that's what's always driven me. I have no idea why. I've, I'd asked my mom for years when she was with me, like, hey, mom, why? What did you do to my brother and I to make us have this drive that 
a lot of people just don't have for some reason. And she couldn't answer it. My dad couldn't answer it. I mean, they were both school teachers, so they both worked hard. But I mean, my brother owns a successful business in Wilmington, North Carolina, that he's killing it down there. He's in the vacation rental business also. Um, and he built that from the ground up. Um, and I just don't know. I don't know where it came from, but I'm happy I have it. And like we talked about before, I think a lot of it has to do with my sports background, you know, growing up playing football, baseball, basketball, all that kind of stuff, always wanting to be number one. Um, that's what drives me. And anyone knows anyone that knows me knows what my drive is and it's to be the best at whatever I'm doing. Um, so yeah. Um, but again, and I think through becoming or trying to be the best, trying to be number one, I think you have to offer something that's going to get you there. And I think you're right. I think it is, I think it was built on service. It was built on, you know, answering my phone, always having my phone. I mean, I remember years ago when I was getting started, um, when the foreclosure started coming through, I started an OBX foreclosure website. That thing was getting like 10,000 hits a week. Like it was absolutely nuts. And I built my, I built a business through a recession based on foreclosure markets. And I went, I went to college for computer science. So I probably had 300 different websites at some point that I had built out just kind of trying to get a niche somewhere. Um, and it worked. I don't have that anymore because I don't need it. Um, but again, it was just trying to find something to give people that extra level of service. If they want to find something, I wanted to be the resource to give it to them. Hmm. I love that too. I mean, again, just your mindset and your shifting, obviously the show called serving, not selling and focusing on being servant hearted first, <laughs> the reality, again, I think of so many people would assume, well, if you're in that kind of market, you got to be hard sales. You got to have all this website. You got to do all this hardcore marketing, which you do a lot of that stuff. Don't get me wrong, but you're talking about, but the main purpose here, the main focus is you got to be willing to serve these people in the way they need to be served. <laughs> right. And I think that's a huge distinction that most agents miss is they say, well, this is what I do. This is who I am. And it's just me, me, me. This is, you know, this is my marketing plan. This is whatever it is. And they're not listening to what it is that the customers actually need and what it is that they want. And I imagine, now you tell me, Matt, but I imagine if you've got a 15 minute phone call with someone you're never going to see in person, they're never going to see you in person, and you've got to win their trust and respect within that short amount of time frame. you can't make it about you. It's got to be your ability to listen and understand what it is they really need and be able to solve that need. Is that correct? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, what I tell them all the time is my job is to get you the most money in the least amount of time with the least amount of hassle. That's what you're hiring me for. That's what we're going to do. That's why I have people on my team that are in the right seat in the bus. I'm a high D. I want to be from A to B as fast as possible. I don't want to stop and see anything on the way. My assistant, Terry, she's an S and a C. She loves all that stuff. And I'm just like, no, 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 A to B, A to B, A to B. But having people in the right roles gives that service. She loves talking to people. She loves being on the phone with people, which is something that I'm, you know, again, A to B, let's let you hired me for a job, but having the right people there with me to give that extra service that I'm not great at, that doesn't bring me as much joy um, is perfect. And she, she crushes it for me when it comes to that. Again, I love that. Just going back to the idea of how important the relationships are, you know, whether you're a solo agent, whether you've got a team, doesn't matter. It's just you and an admin, whatever it is, the people that you surround yourself with, whether you actually physically hired them or you just choose to be in relationship with them. I mean, that that's the name of the game, right? Like what you think about where you are in your business is going to 
in a huge way be dictated by who do you surround yourself with? What are they, what are they, what standard are they holding you to, right? Are they pushing you to succeed and get better? And all of those things make such a massive difference. I think, Matt, you you have talked to it many, many times, but just even having the right people on your team and an understanding of who you are. And you know, there's so much that goes into success. I think that in my opinion, success in the real estate world is relatively easy once you understand who you are and what you need, or excuse me, who you are and who you need around. You, I think that's really what success comes from because anybody can figure out how to lead generate, right? Anyone can do that. Anyone can be consistent. I mean, not everybody chooses to, but anybody can be consistent. And then it's like, well, the people that I know that have succeeded at a high level, it's like, well, I met this person and they caused me to think like this. And then I went to this room and these people in this room thought here. So I realized I had to up my game. Like it just is people. We could all point back to the people that we know, the people that are in our lives that have caused us to level up. And that's why we are where we are today. And I think you're a great example of that. And I mean, that's what we talked about the last mastermind we had. It, it's it's 100% the who. That, that's 100%. It's who you're in business with, who you surround yourself with. And if you find those right people that, if you find people that care more about your business than you do, you found the right people. And ultimately, that's what that's what I've been able to step into. Um, and, and because of that, I've been able to help them succeed in their lives too by, you know, I mean, if they bring me success, if I'm successful, they're going to be successful. And that, that's what we, that's what we're all striving for. Mm. Mm. It's good, man. It's mm. really good. Well, go ahead, Tyler. I was just going to, he just made me think of something you're talking about your success leads to your team's success and growing things. I, I'm, I'm reading this book right now. It's called extreme ownership. You guys have probably already, everybody's already read it. I'm behind the times, but um, fantastic about Navy SEALs and um, most recent chapter they're talking about is you as the leader of your team, if you haven't made your vision and Matt, you're talking about wanting to be I mean, great at what you do and providing the best service and just being awesome at what you do and beating people around you. I mean, that's, I get that. I relate to that very, very directly and personally. We can unpack the the, the layers to that in a, in a side conversation because I think that's really a really good topic to dig into. But um Jocko talks about as a leader, if you haven't cast a strong enough vision and clear enough vision for your team to know exactly what your motivation is and the direction that you're going, then how could you possibly expect them to care about your business as much as you care about your business, right? And so you, I mean, I've heard in different parts of this uh, conversation, how you grew from one to a team to launching a market center and all the people that were constantly part of that and the evolution and without clarity, directness, willingness to work hard in that the communication of what your vision is for them. I mean, the people wouldn't still be on the bus with you, man. So uh, how do you think about that consistently, your ability to communicate clearly to your team? This is the direction that we're going. Tell me if you're, if we're in alignment, what do I need to do to, to help your, your direction? Like, do you, do you think about that consistently when you're casting vision for your team? Oh, hundred percent. And And now that we're starting to see, a market shift, which I think we all can agree that we are. Um, uh, what I say is I was actually on a panel down in Savannah um, for a, it was a um, second home panel for um, the Carolinas and Georgia region. And one of the gentlemen up there next to me had mentioned, you know, he's going to start running lean, um, you know, try to tighten up expenses, run lean, run lean, run lean. And I grabbed the mic from when he was done. I said, see, I see this completely different. I'm doubling and tripling down on everything we're doing right now. And I'm going to spend more because this is when we take market share. Mm-hmm. So what I'm showing my agents is how committed we are to the bigger to continue to grow through a slowing market 
So if I can show them, okay, look, we've just added this layer. I mean, I just hired a marketing guy that's going to be doing all my stuff for me. So I've showed them that. We've just revamped our whole drip campaigns, everything, follow-up, 33 touch, everything. So I'm showing them that I'm going to keep going, which shows them that my vision is bigger and bigger because I want them to succeed. So if I put the brakes on, they're not going to succeed. And all of a sudden, we're all going to be out. And I don't want to let people go. That's the last thing in the world I ever want to do. Um, and that's why I haven't grown bigger yet, because I told my people that I will not grow until you guys tell me that I have to grow. Until you tell me you can't handle anymore, we're going to stay at this size we're at right now. I love that, man. And we are, for the record, too. I agree with you a thousand percent. We're spending more money and ramping up the money we spend. And we obviously are different. We're 100 percent referral, but we're spending more money on our people, on our database. We're doing more parties, more events, more in person, better gifts, X, Y and Z, because this is the time where we show them that we have always cared and we still care. We're always here for you. We will always be here for you. And I agree with you. This is the time to ramp up and for your team to know dude, I'm not going away. We're going to figure this out. We'll weather the storm. I actually think we're going to grow through the storm yep. when everybody else is scared and they only care about their bottom line. I care about all of us and our families being okay. And so, you know what, we're going to get through this together. And I love that mentality, Matt. I really do. So uh, before we ask how people can get a hold of you or send you referrals, what, what does serving, not selling mean to you? I think the, the, the first thing that I that comes to me when I think of that is, is first, it, it's the team, it's my people. It's, it's serving them, watching them change their lives, watching them, I mean, one of my buyer's agents, he was a commercial crabber for his entire life. We got him off the boat, wow. he's a good friend of mine, he's crushing it for me. Uh, one of my other buyer's agents, she's killing it. She was a State Farm insurance agent, she wanted out of that. She came to work at KW um, as a solo agent. We started talking a little bit, we brought her over as a buyer's agent, I think she sold off the top of my head, 22 million for us last year, um, somewhere around there. Um, and then my first guy, um, Adam, you know, he's within the last year, sold the house he was in, bought a new house, um, you know, talked about before um, his wife is actually going to step, she's leaving her job now to basically help him in, in his business, which is ultimately in our business. Um, so that's the serving is watching these people. The more that I can serve for them, I tell them all the time, look, if you guys bring me something, I'll spend the money as long as you can show me the return. So that's, that's the serve there. And then ultimately the serving of our people, man. I mean, I like the relationships. I like meeting people. It's, it's what brought me joy in this business. Unfortunately, a lot of my relationships these days in the real estate side are short lived. We list the house. I sell it in two weeks. It's closed in 30 days. And those people go back to New Jersey, go back to New York. Are they on my mailing list? Absolutely. But will they most likely come back and buy in the Outer Banks again? Statistics show no, most likely they will not. So more of the serving is coming from my buyer's agents when they're working with the buyers and then building that relationship, giving them A plus service, making sure those people have all their questions answered when they need it. Um, and then ultimately, if they need me to jump in, I'll jump in and help them out on whatever they can. So it's a little bit different there. Um, and then, of course, you know, we, we make don't you know, we donate to the baseball, um, Little League Baseball. We do a bunch of local stuff, too, um, just to kind of support and, and help people out. Um, but yeah, so it is it is a little bit different when it comes to just overall the relationship of our client. You know, the buyer, of course, comes in, they purchase 
we stay in touch with them at some point, usually seven years or somewhere around seven, they're going to become sellers. And then we'll go through that process again. But I know in primary markets, you guys are building, you know, lifelong relationships. So it, it is a little bit different um, in our market when it comes to that. I do, but I but I love it because I feel like the the overall theme from just talking to you is like just taking care of people. Like that's it. Wherever you go, take care of people. If they're on your team, take care of them. If they're people that you're going to work with for your life or for a couple months, take care of people. Like at the end of the day, if you just do that, you'll be okay, right? And people will take care of you. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I said this for years, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I never will be. I'm not the smartest person on this podcast. I can tell you that much. That's so definitely with- true. so so with that being said i mean yeah if you take care you don't have to be a genius to be successful in this business if you can offer a service genuinely take care of people treat them kindly and respond to them in a timely fashion you can be successful and i don't know what success for anybody listening to that you could be a five million dollar agent who wants to stay at a five million dollar agent you could be a hundred million dollar agent that wants to go to two hundred million dollar agent, but ultimately, it, it all relates back to like you just said, Garrett, caring for people and and showing them that they are important and you care about their overall financial goals because that's what we're doing. I mean, we're selling their largest investment in their life in their life. It's mm, really good, man. Mm-hmm. Well, how can if people have you know clients they need to send to you or want to learn more about what you guys are doing, how do they get in touch with you, brother? Um, best is this beautiful thing right here, which is in my pocket at all times. A little marketing on the back, <laughs> and then cell phone. My phone number two five two two zero seven six five eight eight, and then website is just. I joke all the time. My mom didn't think I was going to be real smart when I was born, so she made she named me Matt Myatt, which is. Matt, and then my last name has one letter difference. <laughs> so when I try to tell people like www.mattmyatt.com, uh, it's M-A-T-T-M-Y-A-T-T.com. And people are always like, wait, what? You just said Matt, Matt. I'm like, no, no, I didn't. There's a Y in there. <laughs> That's great. So That's um, great. yeah. And then if you need some gear, let me know. We got it. Yes. More, more, more is being ordered. I'll get, it, I'll get it in the mail to you guys. Absolutely. Shoot me, <laughs> shoot great, me, your, uh, shoot me your mailing addresses. Yeah, we'll do, buddy. I, I we, we appreciate you so much coming on, man. I mean, I think uh, you know, again, just so much to learn. You're you're crushing it. You're doing it at a high level. But again, everything you know, what you did at the beginning to make you successful versus today is you take care of people, you serve people, you know, and treat them well and care. Like you said, care about their financial success, and it's going to take you a lot of places. I'm I'm a huge believer that if we focus on the right thing, which is serving people, the byproduct of that is we will have a successful business. Right? You got to start there, though. That needs to be your focus. So, uh, Matt, Matt, uh, I'm just kidding, Matt Myatt. We appreciate you coming on the show, brother, as always, man. Uh, it was a pleasure. And uh, Tyler, we get great guests, man. I'm, I'm honored to be on the show uh, with you. I think we know who the smartest person is. I'll let the audience figure that out. Uh, you at DVA, uh, top school, and uh, I went to local universities. So yeah, but it doesn't matter. Up, so, anyway. yeah. <laughs> what matters already, is- I've already admitted I'm not the smartest guy on this podcast. Yeah, right. I'm out. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't admit it, <laughs> but it's true. So audience, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you share this with a friend. This is great stuff. It uh, doesn't matter what kind of business you have. It all starts with taking care of people. So Matt, thanks again, brother. And audience, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Serving Not Selling. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other salespeople and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast app. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. 
And if you're loving this whole business by relationship approach and you want help to start your own Perfect 36 Touch system, we can do most of that work for you. Just go to businessbyrelationships.com backslash chat to grab a time to chat with me to see if we're a good fit. And stay tuned for the next episode of Serving Not Selling.